0: Please keep your Bibles, turn to Mark chapter 9, we'll be reading several passages from that chapter. The story is told about, a fictional story is told about three sisters who lived together. They were 96, 94, and 92 years young. One night, the 96-year-old drew a bath, she took one step into the water and stopped. She yelled, Was I going into the water or or coming out of the water? To which her 94-year-old sister yelled back, Well, I don't know. I'll come and see. So she started up the stairs, and at the first step she paused, and she said, Was I going up the stairs or coming down the stairs? Her 92-year-old sister, sitting in the kitchen table, having a cup of tea, she just started shaking her head. I hope I never get that forgetful. And she knocked on wood for good measure. She yelled back to her two sisters, Now, I'll come and help you, don't worry. But first, I've got to go to the door and see who's knocking. You know, sometimes... Sometimes life gets so confusing. We don't know if we're coming or going. It sure helps to know where you're going in those times. Go back to that passage that Tim just read. And he said to them, Truly I say to you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God. After his come with power. You know, life... Life is difficult. It was difficult for his apostles. Jesus had already predicted a difficult time ahead for his disciples. That's true. But here he reminds them of the glory to come. And then he invites three on a special of glory verse 2 and after six days Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and and led them up a high mountain by themselves and he was transfigured before them transfigured before them look now at verse 3 and his clothes became radiant Intensely white, as no one on earth could bleach them. Later on, Peter would be reminded of the majesty of Jesus. He wrote in his second book, chapter 1, verse 16, For we did not follow a cleverly devised myths, when we made known to you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses, eyewitnesses of his Majesty, there on that mountain, Jesus is transformed. And look at verse number four. And there appeared to them Elijah, Elijah, the great prophet, a Moses, the great lawgiver." And they were talking with Jesus. Don't you, know, <clears throat> don't you know that's a great encouragement to Peter, James, and John? That's a great encouragement to those apostles as we face difficult times. And I believe that this decade for my life will be the most difficult for Christians that I have ever seen. As we face difficult times ahead, we need to look ahead and consider the glory ahead. You see, we play a different game. You know, people of the world, their whole existence is this world. But we as Christians, we know that this is just a tiny part, and we're playing for eternity in heaven We need to understand not just the pain, not just the hurt, not just the troubles that we may have in days to come, but we need to understand the power to come. The power to come. On September the 2nd, 1945, aboard the ship, the USS Missouri, The papers were signed to officially end the Second War. As it was planned, General Douglas MacArthur would be the last to sign the papers. But as he wrote his name, he just wrote Mac. As he wrote that Mac on that paper, he signaled for two men to come up and join him. see these two guys, they're kind of thin. Well, in fact, they're painfully thin. These were two generals that had been prisoners of war. They had suffered, because of their high position, they had suffered horrendous punishment as a prisoner. We're talking about General Wang White and General Percival. He invited these two men to come up to where he was, and as he signed his name, he gave the Parker pen that he had bought for that occasion to these two generals and asked them to sign it. Those two generals had persevered and now they were allowed to share in the glory of victory. It's the anticipation of the glory of victory that helps us to to persevere in the hard times. And yes, this world is increasingly... Becoming anti-Christian. That's true. But we know the glory to come. The glory of victory. It's the assurance of that coming crown that helps us bear our cross today. When we see the treasure ahead, It helps us to bear the trials today. When we know the victory that awaits, it helps us to persevere through the pain. When we glimpse the glory, then we can carry the cross. Difficult times will come. We we can't avoid our cross. Peter here in Mark chapter 9, he tries to avoid the cross. He, 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 He didn't know what to do. He said some things here. But it didn't do him actually any good. Notice what he says. And Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents. Maybe, I don't know, maybe he's thinking about the prophecy of Zechariah 14. I'm not for sure. But he says, let us make three tents. One for you, one for Moses, One for Elijah. He wants to give equal billing to all three. Because remember, he's a a Jew. And the Jewish nation had such a high regard for Moses. The Jewish nation had a similar high regard for Elijah. So let's just, you know, we've got three great guys up here. Let's just build three tents because you're all in That's uh, that's not what God wanted. Uh, Peter talks, but what he has to say is contrary to God's will. Notice what God says. And a cloud, verse 7, And a cloud overshadowed them, and a voice came out of the cloud, This is my beloved Son listen to him. It's not time to listen to Moses anymore. It's not time to listen to Elijah anymore. Their time has passed. You listen to Jesus. He gets top billing now. And suddenly, looking around, they no longer saw anyone with them but Jesus only. The words of Christ surpassed the words of Moses and the law. The words of Christ exceed the words of Elijah and the prophets. A dad received a letter in the mail. It was from the bank. He opened it up. His daughter, who was in college, was overdraft in her account. He had encouraged her to uh, open up the checking account. He had encouraged her to exercise some financial restraint. But, well, seemingly she had not. And she was now overdrawn in her account. Now, what, what could he do? Well, he could call her at college and say, Hey, I got this letter. You're overdrawn. Explain. And he could come down on her. Yes. And that might have uh, helped, you know, future, on future occasions, her not to do that again. But it wasn't going to satisfy the bank. The bank had already applied the fees. He could tell her, well, you, you got to go make a deposit, you got to cover your. Your loss plus you got to cover the fees. But he knew his daughter. <laughs> he knew that would be like telling a fish to swim. That wasn't going to happen. She probably didn't have $2 to her name. So what did he do? He did what all dads do he went to the bank and he made a deposit to more than cover the loss, the fees in her account. And then he picked up the phone. And called his daughter and said, Honey, I got a letter from the bank and you're overdrawn. Did she offer to make a deposit? Well, no, because what's, well, she didn't have any money. She said, Dad, uh, could you? She said, Honey. He said, Honey, it's already been taken care of. Just don't let it happen again. That's exactly what our Heavenly Father has done for you and for me. You see, long before we knew that we needed grace, He did the same for us. He made an ample deposit into our account. Before we knew that we needed a Savior, we had one. And when we asked Him for mercy, He answers, Dear child, I've already given it to you. That's what the cross is all about, my friends. It was God paying our sin debt, even before we knew that we were in trouble. You see, the, the better way, the better way that Jesus showed us was the way of the cross. Not ten principles to success, uh, not seven habits of, of highly affected people, not even three points and a poem. Jesus showed us the glory of the cross. Jesus demonstrated God's love. What's the best picture of God? What's the best picture of God? The best picture of God is Jesus. On a cross when he died in our place so that we could live with him forever, for all eternity. Yes, life here on earth is not all peaches and cream. And yes, life, I believe, for the Christian, is going to become even more difficult to live. Things are going to be against us right and left. But we have to focus on the glory of the cross and the glory to come. Consider the glory to come. The glory to come. All we need to do is trust and obey Him. Then following Him is not so hard when you know the limitless grace that He has shown us and and will continue to show us in the future. Grace, more grace than we can ever, ever comprehend. Then following him is not so hard then. Even if it does involve rejection by society. Even if it does involve pressure from government. Even if it involves pain. For indeed it will. But we can persevere. We can persevere. Jesus Jesus was headed for the cross. Uh, He knew what was going to happen here in Mark chapter 9. He knew what was coming. And if we want to go with him, there will be a cross for us as well. Things that we have to put up with and bear. That's what he reminds his disciples about here in verse 9 and verse 10. As they were coming down the mountain... He charged them to tell no one what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. So they kept the matter to themselves, questioning what this rising from the dead might mean. They don't understand. They they don't really comprehend what's going on. And, And certainly, certainly, they couldn't imagine their king, their rabbi, their teacher dying much less rising from the dead. So what did they do? They they changed the subject. Uh, Lord, um, why do the scribes say that first Elijah must come? Y- you see the Old Testament, had said Elijah would come. Behold, Malachi 4, 5, Behold, I send you Elijah, the prophet, before the great and awesome day of the Lord come. So they changed the subject, and well, let's let's get him off this other thing here. Let's ask him about Elijah. Verse 12. He said to them, Elijah does come first to restore all things, and how it is written of the Son of Man that he should suffer many things and be treated with contempt. Elijah would come first. The the disciples... The disciples try to change the subject, but Jesus brings him right back to the point that he's been trying to make all along. There's a cross before the crown that is given. Verse 13, But I tell you that Elijah has come, and they did to him whatever they please, as it is written of him. Elijah had come. John. John. The Baptist. Luke chapter 1. And he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient wisdom of the just to make them ready for the Lord, a people prepared. As most of you know, Billy and I are baseball fans. Billy with the Yankees and me with the Braves. But there are some other players that I kind of uh, like to follow. One of those was uh, Dave Trevecki. The year that his team reached the 89 World Series, cancer ended his career. In fact, cancer ended up taking his left arm. He was at a book signing to raise money for a charity. And a woman walked up to him and had a book in her hand, and he signed it. And before she walked away, she looked at Dave Trevecki and said, you know, if you had faith, all this bad stuff would not have happened to you. And then she walked away. He didn't know what to do. He didn't know what to say to her. But then he started thinking, And here's what he said Cancer introduced me to suffering, and suffering is what strengthened my faith. Yet that woman implied I was suffering because I didn't have enough faith. In America, Christians pray for the burden of suffering to be lifted from their backs. In the rest of the world, Christians pray for stronger backs so that they can bear their suffering, realizing that it would build their faith to an even greater extent. That's why we look away, he said, from the bag lady on the street, and we look to the displays in the store windows because we pretend it's not there, that problem's not there. We just kind of want to overlook it. That's why we prefer going to movies instead of going to the hospitals and the nursing homes to minister. Maybe we need to realize that life can be hard, but the trials of life build our faith. Just look at James chapter 1. So true. Jesus made it truly clear. Suffering, difficulties will come, but there is glory ahead. Glory ahead. Tonight, are you a Christian? Have you put on the Lord in baptism? Do you believe? Have you repented? Have you confessed Him as the true Son of God, have you been baptized? As a Christian, are you living a life that's a reflection of Him? Can people see Jesus living in you? If not, seek forgiveness, 1 John 1, 9. The church stands ready to pray with you and for you, James 5, 16. If we can help in any way at all, would you please come? While we stand and sing for your encouragement. Till then try